At first glance, it can seem like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. COVID-19, racial discrimination, protests, riots, political uncertainty, economic turmoil. Did I forget something? But although things can seem chaotic at times, from a spiritual perspective, what's happening on the planet is what's known as a collective shadow purge. And in this video, you're going to learn exactly what the collective shadow is. And then I'm going to share four crucial tips to help you do shadow work more effectively. The more of us that know how to do shadow work on the planet, the faster we can shift ourselves and the whole world into a new era of peace and harmony. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist here to help you open your heart, heal your past and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell. So you get notified as soon as I publish new content. And don't forget to follow me over on Instagram where I share weekly tips that you will not find here on YouTube. Okay, on to part one of the video, and that is what is collective shadow? <laughs> so the word shadow sometimes scares people a little bit when they first hear it because they automatically associate it with evil or bad, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The word shadow just means any part of you that you do not see, acknowledge, or accept. Okay, that's what shadow means. So literally shadow is the unconscious part of you. And the word, so that's shadow. The word collective shadow is really just any part that's not seen, acknowledged and accepted within a group of people. <laughs> okay. So the collective shadow really is just a linking up of individual shadows. So I have my shadow, you have your shadow. Everybody has their own personal shadow. And then when those shadows link up to each other, they create this massive super shadow. And this massive super shadow has a huge energy field depending on the size of the group. So the collective shadow can be all the way around the world. So it could be a, a global collective shadow, or it could be a smaller collective shadow. For example, the collective shadow of the country you're born in or the community you live in. Okay. So the collective shadow is it, it could be composed of any number of people. The difference here is that it's a linking up of a bunch of different individual shadows. They all link up and they create this super shadow. Now I want to leave a side note here, a ding ding here for you. It's that I already kind of mentioned it a little bit. It's for you to really, really understand that the shadow is not evil or bad. Okay. Shadow is just an absence of light. All right. That's another easy way of seeing it. So the shadow is not evil. It doesn't just contain negative things. The shadow contains positive things also because within your unconscious self, there could be gifts and talents and just things you haven't tapped into. So that could be a part of your shadow too. So it's not just negative, but for the purposes of this video, I will be talking just about the negative aspects of collective shadow, because those are the ones that really impact the planet in a significant way. The, it's the negative aspects of our collective shadow that really cause destruction and violence and chaos around the world. So I'm going to be focusing on the negative aspects of collective shadow, but I just want you to keep in mind that a shadow contains both positive and negative aspects. All right. It's just that the negative ones usually cause the most destruction. So that's the, that's what I'm going to be leaning on in this video here. The insidious part about the collective shadow is that 
it's so big that it contains an enormous energy field to it. There's so much energy that the collective shadow has. And what that means is that it really affects people coming into the planet, really affects them. So for example, when a new baby comes into the planet, the moment they come into their mom's womb and they're starting to grow, their first chakra, I've talked about this in various videos before, but the first chakra is the first energy center to come online when you're still in your mom's womb. And this first chakra is key for, for the purposes of talking about collective consciousness because your first chakra is where all of your family and group programming is contained. So the, the collective shadow has such a powerful energy that when that baby is in the mom's womb, it's already taking in programming from the shadow without obviously the baby doesn't even know. So that's how insidious this can be. It can mean that when a baby is born, it's already taking on parts of the collective shadow, even before it can walk, talk, or, or say anything. Okay. And so that's the insidious part about it. And if you don't know what a chakra is, if this is the first time you've heard that word, here's a picture of it. So these are the seven main chakras of the body. There are more, but these are the seven main ones that are talked about a lot. This one down here, this first one, this red one, this is called the root chakra. This is the first chakra. This is the basis of the system and the first one to come online when you're in your mom's womb. Okay. This chakra is particularly important for talking about collective shadow work because this is is where all the programming uh, of your tribe comes in. So this is, this is known, this chakra is known as the tribal chakra. Now, if you don't know, you know, if you don't know anything about the first chakra, then it's going to be difficult to do collective shadow work because part of collective shadow work is going to have to be going in and cleaning that first chakra. So that's why I'm bringing the first chakra up because it's important for you to remember and to know what this chakra does when it comes online, what is it responsible for? The more that you know, about this, this first chakra, then when it comes time to do the, the collective shadow work, it'll be easier for you because you'll know exactly where you need to go to remove that programming of, of the collective shadow. Now onto the second part of the video, and that is the difference between the collective versus the individual shadow. All right. So I've already talked a little bit at the beginning of the video, what the individual shadow was, but I want to, I want to go into some key specific differences so that you can know how to decipher one versus the other. And so you'll know how to work with one versus the other. Okay. So the first characteristic we already talked about, and that is that the individual shadow is any part of you that's not seen or acknowledged. Whereas the collective shadow is any part of a group that's not seen or acknowledged. The second characteristic is that the individual shadow is easier to integrate and the collective shadow is harder to integrate. And this is pretty easy to understand why, right? Your individual shadow depends just on you. <laughs> so when you do your work, your individual shadow is integrated, it's healed. And that's that the collective shadow depends sometimes on millions, even billions of people doing the work to shine the light on the shadow and change things. Okay. So the collective shadow is harder to integrate because it requires a concerted effort, sometimes of millions or billions of people depending on the size of the shadow. 
The third characteristic is that the individual shadow is faster to integrate and the collective shadow is slower to integrate. All right. And again, it, it's easy to kind of easy to see why when I'm doing the individual work, I'm only depending on myself, which means that my, the integration of the shadow goes faster. The integration of collective shadow, because it depends on so many different people and because it depends, it's not just that it depends on so many different people. It's also that it depends on a different intensity of light. Okay. So the example that I like to give to illustrate this is just think of a really big house. Think of your house, you know, it doesn't have to be a big house, but think of your house. If you were to light up a small closet in your house, it takes, you only need a tiny little light bulb to do that. And boom, you can see in the closet, but you can't then take that tiny little light and go plug it in your living room and expect your whole living room to be lit up. It won't work. Why? Because your living room is bigger. And so it requires a higher intensity of light in order for that space, that bigger space to be illuminated. It's the same thing with the shadow, with the collective shadow. And that's why it's slower to integrate because we have to have a certain number of people shining light for that big space. That is the, the collective consciousness, the collective shadow to actually have more light into it. Okay. So, so it's much faster to integrate individual shadow than it is collective. The fourth characteristic is that the individual shadow, the integration of the individual shadow is self-generated. Whereas the individual, the, the integration of the collective shadow integration is hive generated. And I'm going to explain what I mean by hive generated. Okay. So th that's the difference between these two. So the individual shadow, the integration of it, and let me just give a little, little ding, ding side note, because I've been using the word integration and I don't think I've explained it. Okay. Integration just means that I bring the shadow and I merge it with my light. So my light and my shadow merge. Another way of saying this is that I take my light to my shadow. And when I do that, the shadow is illuminated. So it's not a shadow anymore, right? It's only a shadow when it's lacks light. Okay. So integration, that's really the, the, the goal of, of shadow work is integration. I'm bringing my shadow and my light together. And when I do that, the shadow disappears, right? Because uh, darkness cannot survive with light. As soon as light enters a space, that's that. Okay. So that's what I mean by integration. It just means merging it means shining light. All right. So I don't think I had explained that word. All right. Now the individual shadow, the, the integration is self-generated, meaning again, you're depending on yourself. You're depending on your own light. You shine the light on your shadow. You, you integrate it. That's that. The collective shadow, the integration process is what's called hive generated. And the reason that I'm using the word hive is because it's precisely because of a beehive. So beehives have really interesting behaviors. One of them, that's why I use this word. One of them is specifically very pertinent for the talk for talking about collective shadow. And it's the characteristic that when bees, certain bees in a hive, if you pay attention to them and you watch their behaviors, when individual bees start to do something, a certain behavior, that behavior is then mimicked across the hive, almost in a wave like pattern. So those waves in stadiums in big stadiums, you, be, you see those big waves of people getting up and sitting down and the wave goes all the way around the stadium. That's a, that's a hive generated behavior. Okay. And bees do that. All right. And so when it comes to collective, uh, to collective shadow work, the integration is, is in this kind of a beehive way, meaning that I have light, I shine light forward. Then someone else wakes up and they use their light and they shine it forward and then they keep shining and it keeps shining. Right? So a few little lights initially 
initially a few people who know how to do shadow work, ding, ding, that's where you come in, beautiful soul. The more spiritually awakened beings come online and they start to do their shadow work, their light intensifies and they start to kind of contaminate every, every other person. So other people start to wake up to their light and then they shine forward and then they keep shining forward. And so this hive kind of this hive energy takes over and that is how collective shadow is integrated. So a little bit in a different way than the individual, uh, than the individual shadow. The fifth characteristic is that the individual shadow is less destructive and the collective shadow is more destructive. This is, this is, you know, I, I have to bring this up, but because I'm going to bring up the energetics, but it's pretty obvious, right? My shadow is smaller. My individual shadow is smaller. So it may be destructive in the sense that it could totally destroy my life. It could totally destroy my relationships if my shadow acts out in the world. So it, it can be destructive, but the radius of destruction of an individual shadow is nothing compared to the radius of destruction of a collective shadow. So the things that you're seeing around the world, riots, looting, all of these kinds of different things, that's all the shadow coming up, collective shadow coming up. And you can see how when collective shadow is in the process of being healed, it can be highly disruptive and highly destructive on the planet. Okay. So, so less destructive when I'm trying to heal the individual shadow, more destructive when we're talking about collective shadow. Now to part three of the video, and that is how to do collective shadow work. <laughs> okay. So before I have four tips to share with you, before I get into the tips, I want to discuss two key features that are really important when talking about collective shadow and how to integrate and heal it. Okay. I want to talk about those two key features before I get into the tips. The first key feature I've already touched on, and that is integration. Okay. So one of the key things, the key goals of shadow work is integration, meaning I'm bringing my shadow to my light or I'm bringing my light to my shadow. It doesn't matter. I'm just integrating the two together. When I do that, the shadow diminishes because the shadow is merely an absence of light. So when light presents itself, the shadow disintegrates, it disappears. Okay. So integration is the foundational, one of the foundational goals of shadow work is integration. You're not fighting your shadow. Okay. You see, this is why integration is so important. You're not fighting the shadow. You're not pushing it away. You're not waging a war on it. That's why shadow work sometimes takes so long on the planet to do because when a person is unconscious, when they're not spiritually aware that they're doing shadow work, the way that shadow work can present in the outside world is people start to fight against it because they don't know any other way. You can't fight against the, the shadow. The only thing you can do is shine light on it. The more you fight against a shadow, the more you push against a shadow, you're only making it bigger because ding, ding shadow work means that I must accept and see the parts that I'm not accepting and seeing. Well, if I push my shadow away, am I accepting it? <laughs> I'm not. So when we push or we wage a war on the shadow, we're only making it bigger and that can lead even to more destruction instead of healing. So now that you're watching this video, you're never going to do this again and you'll be able to then teach others not to do this. Okay. So integration is the ultimate goal of shadow work, bringing the shadow and the light together. So they merge. All right. The second key feature that I want to talk about is what's called the light quotient. All right. Or LQ. 
The light quotient is basically the amount of light that your body can house, the concentration of light that your beautiful physical body can house. So if you think of your physical body like this big cup, okay, it's the amount of liquid that that cup can hold, right? So a cup can hold X amount of, you know, X liters or gallons of, of fluid. And so that cup is a container. Your body is a container also. It's a container of light. And so the light quotient is so important in shadow work because here's, here's the important thing. If we have a shadow work, for example, that's millions of people, let's just pretend we have a collective shadow that contains millions of people, all right? There are two ways that we can integrate this shadow. We can integrate this shadow by having, let's say, 60% of the people in that group. So let's say 1 million people, let's say 1 million people, just to make the calculations easier, okay? Let's say 1 million people are part of a collective consciousness. And then let's say 600,000 people wake up and they start shining their light and boom, the shadow is gone. Okay. But look at this. I'm relying on 600,000 people waking up to do the shadow work for the shadow to be, to be integrated. But here's an interesting thing. What happens if one person has, does so much inner work that they are able to house more light <laughs> in their body? So that means that their light quotient goes up. Now the calculations would change, right? Because it means that I now don't, I don't require 600,000 people to wake up and to shine the light on the shadow. I could maybe just rely on 10,000 people that have enormous light quotients. And so they can hold on to more light and that means they can shine brighter. So it takes less people to integrate the shadow and why this is so exciting to me. This really is exciting to me because it means that the more we spiritually awaken to shadow work, the more that we increase our light quotient. And how do you do that? You do your inner work, you do your meditation, you heal what you need to heal, you let go of past baggage, you do your spiritual work. When you do that, your light quotient starts increasing and increase, you house more light. And that means that there would be less of us required in order to heal collective shadows. Isn't that great news? That's so great news, okay? So this is the second feature that I wanted to talk about light quotient, the higher your LQ, the less people it takes to illuminate a collective shadow. And that's just amazing. And that's really exciting. And I love it so much because more and more people are awakening. You're watching this video. That means your light quotient is going to go up or already going up. And so that means that from here on in, it's going to take a lot less work to integrate a collective shadow because it's going to rely on less people. All right. So that's the second feature that I wanted to talk about. Now let's go into the four tips on how to do collective shadow work. The first tip is acknowledge the shadow within you. Oh my goodness. Is this a hard one? Especially when you are unawakened. This is a, but even when you're spiritually awakened, this can be hard. I mean, you know, just at the, at the, at the time that I'm shooting this video, we're going through mass protests in the U S about, uh, the death of George Floyd. And it just sparked all of these, uh, all of these, 
uh, protests and riots and all of that. And what's been really interesting that the conversations that I've been having on social media is that even the wound of racism that was in the collective consciousness of the U.S. and all around the world, not just the U.S., but I'm talking about the U.S. right now in this example, racism, insidious racism was part of the shadow, the collective shadow of American society. And so now when it comes, when it's coming up to be healed, I was actually really disheartened by the amount of people that are still to this day even after they saw a black man slowly suffocating under the knee of a, of a cop, they were still, still unwilling to see that the racism is still a part of the collective uh, shadow in the United States. And it was disheartening because I had a ton of conversations with a bunch of people and it was, it was plain to see that there's a lot of difficulty within American society, but again, all over the world, all over the world, because racism still exists all over the world, but I'm just using the example of the US right now. It was amazing for me to see how many people within American society do not accept the existence of racism as a problem in the society, okay? And so you see how this then drags out the shadow work, because if you do not accept it within yourself in that first chakra as being programmed in that first chakra, whether you are conscious of it or not. So you can say in the mirror till you're blue in the face, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Okay. Consciously you're saying that. But if you're an American, you were born into a society where that first chakra has been programmed with insidious racism that has existed since the founding of our country. I'm American. So since the founding of the country. And so right now, when we're trying to heal this shadow, when we're trying to bring light to it, if a person says, Oh, I'm not racist, you know, racism doesn't exist. This is just being blown completely out of proportion. I am not acknowledging the aspect of the collective shadow that lives within me. And if I don't acknowledge it, I can't shine light on it and I can't help heal it. Okay. So this is the first step and I'm talking about racism, but I could be talking about anything in your collective society, in your country, in the world. There's a bunch of different aspects of the shadow, not just racism, but this is just an example that I gave. The first step is always to acknowledge that, it, that an aspect of that shadow lives within you even if it's uncomfortable. The reason why we don't want to acknowledge aspects of collective shadow in us is because we, we start to judge ourselves. So we judge ourselves as bad people if we acknowledge that we have those shadow aspects, but that's never the case, beloved. You are not a bad person. So when you acknowledge and you can just say to yourself, you know, I acknowledge that I have, that I have racism programming probably in my first chakra and I wasn't even aware of it. Okay. It's time for me to acknowledge that that may be true. I'm going to acknowledge and I'm going to accept it. And when you do that, you immediately start already to do the shadow work. Okay. So the first key is to accept that what you're seeing out there is a reflection of what you got going on in here, whether you want to accept it or not, it's better to accept it because otherwise, if you keep saying no, you're not doing shadow work. All right. So I wanted to leave this one as your first tip. You've got to accept that the aspect of the collective shadow that you're looking at out there exists within you, whether you're conscious of it or not. So what I like to do here is I will specifically look at what's going on in the world, look at what's going on around me in my community, in my country, then in the world. So you can start, you can start working on this shadow in levels, right? You don't have to go to world, uh, world events, 
You can start in your community. Remember, the collective shadow is any group of people. It doesn't have to be just the world, okay? It could be any group of people. So you can start working on this in levels. But a good way to do this is you're just going to look outside at what's going on. And when you start to spot certain things that are coming up to the light, that are particularly uncomfortable, you know that you're in the presence of shadow. And what you can do immediately is you can just close your eyes. Instead of denying it, instead of going on social media and saying it doesn't exist, it, none of this, you just take a nice deep breath and you repeat this mantra, this is a reflection of me. <laughs> I know that this is not easy work. <laughs> I know this is not easy work. I know it's not easy to look out at the ugliness out there and say, this is a reflection of me. But trust me, this is such empowering work because the moment that I say that, the moment that I say, this is a reflection of me, I'm in a position of power. <laughs> Do you see how I'm in a position of power? Because it means that when I say this is a reflection of me, it means that I must have influence on that because it's a reflection of me. So me and that are intimately connected, meaning that I can influence that thing, that ugly thing I'm looking at out there that I don't like to see. I can influence it by the power of my energy. And that's really empowering, beautiful soul. Okay. So when you say this is a reflection of me, you're already coming into your power. You're coming into the power and the knowing that you have the power to influence what you're looking at on the outside. The second tip is to integrate the shadow in yourself. Okay. Now, a lot of times things start to kind of go a little, a little, uh, chaotic on the planet because what happens is when a collective shadow comes up to be seen, it starts to create a lot of chaos in the planet. And a lot of times when we're unconscious, when we don't know that what I'm seeing out there is a reflection of me, a lot of times what happens is we'll jump into action, trying to fix the problem out there without fixing it in here. And you know what happens from a spiritual perspective and energy perspective? Do you think I could fix anything out there if I don't fix it in here? It'll never happen, beautiful soul, okay? So once you acknowledge, that's that was tip one, acknowledge that that you're seeing out there is within you, the second step then is to do shadow work on yourself, okay? I did a video on shadow work. I'm going to, you're going to see a link pop up uh, on how to do that individual shadow work. I went deep on that video. The link's going to pop up at the end of this video. So you'll, you'll be able to go deeper into shadow work, individual shadow work after you finish watching this video. But for now, what's important to remember is that this is the second tip and it's key. You've got to do the shadow work on yourself. All right. And, and, you know, I use this statistic a lot because it's really important. I usually say to my clients that 80% of all healing work has to do with just being aware of the wound, being aware of it. But then the 20%, you still have to keep going and you still have to finish the healing process. Okay. And so what the shadow, what shadow work on yourself is doing is you're acknowledging your own shadow, you're integrating it, you're working, you're healing, you're seeing your wounds, you're doing all of this integration in yourself. When you do that, remember the light quotient I talked about a little while ago, when I do my individual shadow work, my light quotient increases. Okay. And that means that then when I go out and I try to shine my light on the shadow out there, guess what? 
my light is gonna be huge, as opposed to this puny little light that exists if I try to go out and fix things without doing the shadow work within myself, okay? All great spiritual teachers in the world have said pretty much a variation of the same thing for thousands of years. And that same thing is you have to become the change you want to see. Okay. You must become it. You can't just go out there and protest and say, yeah, you know, I'm against racism. Okay. It's wonderful to protest, but if you're just going out there and protesting and then you're doing nothing else, you're not doing your inner work. You're not helping that much because your light is still really small. All right. So you got to work on bringing that light quotient up your light increases, and then you're more powerful when it comes to bringing the light to shadow. All right. So individual shadow work is absolutely crucial in doing collective shadow work. That's why it's tip number two. You'll see at the end of this video, a video on how to go into individual shadow work. Tip number three is ceremony and clearing. <laughs> so I, I don't, I feel like I don't talk about ceremony enough in my videos. So maybe I'm going to start talking about this more, but ceremony is extremely important when doing shadow work. And, uh, you know, what I mean by ceremony is really just a, a kind of concentrating of energy. It's an intention. It's more than a prayer because a ceremony involves different actions. It may be involved, may involve some music and may involve some invoking invocation. So ceremony has been used for thousands of years in shamanic cultures all over the world. Ceremony is extremely important, not just shamanic cultures, pretty much everywhere, but it started with, with shamanic cultures around the world. And then it just started propagating everywhere. Their ceremony exists in every religion on the planet. It exists everywhere now. And it's because ceremony is extremely important on the healing path and also on the clearing of clearing of energy and especially on working with collective shadow. Okay. And there are three main things that go on in ceremony. When you do a ceremony, there are three main things that I want to talk about for you to see how powerful this is. The first thing that happens in a ceremony is I focus my attention. Okay. And that's what makes a ceremony really powerful is that when I'm going around and dancing, for example, let's use a shamanic ceremony. We're going around a fire, we're dancing, we're focusing our attention on the goal at hand, on the goal that we set. So if you're doing a, a ceremony on shadow work, for instance, let's continue using the example of racism. If you're doing a ceremony to heal racism on the planet, then that's your goal, the healing of racism. So when you start to focus your attention on that, and it could be beating a drum, it could be just dancing. It could be just focusing your attention with music. There's different ways of doing ceremony. Okay. When you start to do this, the focusing of your intention, attention increases energy. Okay. So this is an energy alchemy rule. And that is, uh, energy flows where attention goes. <laughs> okay. Energy flows where attention goes. And we all know how this works because if I ask you to close your eyes and I say, close your eyes and think about your pinky, <laughs> start thinking about your left pinky with your eyes closed and you think, think about your pinky. <laughs> and if I say, think about your pinky, you're going to hold your attention on your pinky and you're going to start to find some interesting things. When I hold my attention on my pinky for any extent of time, I'm going to start to feel certain things. Some people report that they feel tingling. They feel temperature changes. They feel all kinds of things, vibration. Okay. What is that? It's energy. <laughs> so attention 
focuses here on my pinky and energy flows into it. All right. So energy goes where attention, energy flows where attention goes. Okay. So this is an energy alchemy rule. And so when I'm focusing my attention in a ceremony, I'm increasing the amount of energy that's being beamed into that intention to that attention. Okay. So that's one, one reason ceremony is really powerful. The second reason ceremony is powerful is because of invocation. So when I, when I start to mentally pay attention in a ceremony and I'm saying, I'm going to do a ceremony today to heal racism on the planet. Okay. Let's say that let's, let's continue to use the example of racism. I'm going to do a ceremony today to to, um, you know, just heal, uh, racism on the planet or heal the shadow aspect of a collective consciousness that is racism. Okay. Insidious racism. And I start to do that. I start to focus my mental attention and then I invoke. Okay. In my ceremonies, I use drumming a lot. I have a very shamanic path. So I use drumming a lot. I use other sound devices like shakers and, and there are different, there are different instruments that you can use, but I love using drummer or shaker. Um, so you can drum or you can put on a shamanic track. When I start to drum, I then invoke energy. So I call on my ancestors. I call on medicine women. I call on archangels. I call on, you could call on whoever you want. The moment that I invoke the energy, the moment that I call ascended energy to come and help me, guess what happens to the energy? Ooh, <laughs> it increases like a million fold because now I'm calling on it's, I'm not only relying on my attention and my focus, I'm relying now on ascended energy of angels and archangels and medicine women and whoever you feel like is important for you to work with. There are different archetypes. There are different spiritual masters. You pick the ones that you want to work with, but when you start invoking their help, then the energy increases. And then the third thing that happens sort of as a consequence of these first two things, the third thing is an energy portal opens up. So when I concentrate enough energy in one place, there's literally an energy portal that opens up. It's like, you can look at it like a beam of light that literally comes down onto the area you're doing your, your ceremony in and it laser focuses light down into the physical realm through ceremony. Okay. That's how important ceremony is. All right. So ceremony and clearing I use so, so much. I've used ceremony and clearing actually to work on specifically on insidious and institutionalized racism, because I, I wasn't born in Portugal. I was born in the U S but my family, my heritage is Portuguese. And so I've had to do a lot of healing work on the land because one of the reasons why, uh, enslaved human beings reached the Americas was precisely because of Portugal, because it's one of the first colonizing powers of the world. And so as a, as a way for me to help heal this collective shadow, I've had to do a lot of work on the land that I live on right now as a way of healing this, this really old wound and really old shadow aspect. And I did a lot of that through ceremonies and clearings and invocations and all of that. Okay. So you can do your ceremony in any way you want. It could be as simple as you just standing in a room, closing your eyes and just starting to invoke energy. The more elaborate your ceremony, the longer it lasts. Guess what? The more powerful it is obviously, right? Because you're focusing more intention on it. 
So what I do, I do simple things in my ceremonies. I, I sometimes will burn some Palo Santo before I start. So I'll burn it around me and I'll burn it in the room that I'm doing the ceremony in. Uh, I use my drum religiously all the time. I use drumming for ceremony. So I'll use my drum. I have a huge shamanic drum, a 55, uh, 55 centimeter drum. So it's a really big drum. I don't have it with me right now. I'd show you, but it's a huge drum. And so I use that drum. Um, I have other instruments that I'll use sometimes, you know, like a shaker, any, anything that you want really, but drumming is very powerful, especially a big drum because the drumming is deep. Boom, boom. So that works really well. So I use drumming. I use shamanic drumming tracks. Um, I usually turn off the lights. So my ceremonies, I usually do my ceremonies at night. So I'm doing it in dark. Uh, and the reason that I do that is because I'm invoking a lot of feminine energy because she's the healer. The feminine energy is the healer. So when I'm working on shadow aspects, I invoke the feminine a lot and a lot of feminine archetypes because the feminine archetypes are the healing of the planet. So I usually do my ceremonies at night in the dark. Maybe I'll light a candle or something and that's what I'll do. I will then some, I invoke out loud, not just in my mind. I invoke, I call the energies that I intuitively want to work with that day. I'll call the energies and I'll do this for quite a while. I'm not sure how long, but maybe, maybe 20 minutes minimum. And I could go into ceremony. I don't know how long, you know, like up to an hour or whatever, but you could do your ceremony however long you want. I dance, I drum, I invoke, I call for help. I ask that, that things be healed. I ask that the shadow be seen. And so I do this in a ceremony kind of way. This is really beautiful when you get used to doing these things and to healing through ceremony is very, very beautiful. Okay. So I gave you some ideas on how to do that. This is how you do ceremony. Ceremony is incredibly important in clearing energy. It's incredibly important in bringing the collective shadow to light and it's incredibly important in integrating it. And you are very powerful. One powerful spiritually awakened being doing a ceremony. I don't know, can make up for like a million people <laughs> not doing shadow work. That may be a little bit exaggerated, but I really do believe that spiritually awakened people as their light quotient is going up when they do ceremony, it's, it's so, so healing for the planet. Okay. So consider ceremony as a way to help heal collective to collective shadow. The fourth tip is to engage with the collective. <laughs> so I've been talking a lot about this, uh, mostly on my social media, but I think I even had a video here on, on YouTube um, about this also. I've been talking a lot lately about what I call engaged spirituality. And that is when we become strong enough beacons that we're not just content anymore, staying in our own little isolated corners and sort of just saying, all right, I'm just going to let the world play out out there. And I'm going to stay here in my corner and my love and light. We're, we're not just content with that anymore. So we grab our light and we are then called to take it into the darkness literally walk into the darkness with it. And that's what I call in what I call engaged spirituality. And so when you're doing collective shadow work, it's really important that you then take after you do your shadow work, right? You're not going to go out there trying, trying to change things when you haven't done your work. There's no point in that, right? Cause you're not going to really be affecting a lot of change. But when you've done your shadow work and you start to feel strong in your light, your light quotient starts to go up. 
then you may be called to go out there and engage a little bit more. Okay. And so what I mean by engaging with the collective, it could be any, any, uh, um, any way I'm going to give you some examples of what that means. Okay. So it could mean creating your own platform and going out there on social media and talking about the things that are important to you. Like I do. Okay. So that's one way of engaging. Uh, it could be going out and involving yourself in the peaceful protests. It could be going out and it could be donating. All right. So maybe you're not physically well, or you've got something going on and you just can't go out there physically. You can donate, you could give of yourself. Okay. So, so donating to important causes, another way of engaging. Uh, another way you can become involved in grassroots organizations that are on the ground, trying to bring the shadow to light and heal it. So you can become involved in grassroots organizations that are involved in the changes that, that we want to see when we're trying to heal collective consciousness. You see, these are just some examples of how you can engage out there and how you can do the shadow work in, in, in a much more powerful way, because here's the thing. If I do my individual shadow work and I just stay isolated. All right. Now that may be the lifelong path of some people. I think a really small minority of people, if you ask me, right, a very small minority of people are here on the planet with what's called a hermit uh, mission. Okay. And these are people that are just, they're here to just hold their light in a specific corner of the planet. They hold their light and that's what they do. You know, the, the image that comes to mind are the, the solitary monks that some Sometimes spend their entire lifetime in monasteries meditating every day. And what they're doing is they are holding the light for the whole planet by doing that every single day. Okay. But I believe that those missions are the very small minority of missions. Okay. What happens is, and I've, you know, I've come across this, I've worked with hundreds of clients and connected with thousands of people. And in my own path, what I've been finding is that a lot of us actually isolate ourselves well beyond necessary. So we wake up, we start to go through our spiritual awakening. Sometimes we hermit, sometimes we isolate ourselves so that we could go through our inner work and start doing our stuff. And sometimes what happens, and I've, I've seen this a lot, which is why I want to talk about it. What I've been seeing is that a lot of times we start to do the work and then we stagnate. We, we stay stuck in that isolated stage because we're afraid of going back into the real world. Okay. Because we feel the world too harsh. And so what ends up happening is we may stay excessive times in those isolated modes without going out and engaging with the world. And again, I believe that this is temporary. A lot of us need temporary isolation and temporary hermit mode when we're going through the awakening phase. But the majority of us that are here on this planet, the majority of us, especially light workers, the majority of us that are here on this planet have come with the mission to actually integrate, to actually go into the world, participate in the world, be uh, in the world. Okay. There's, there's a, a saying that I love to use a lot and it always helps me stay kind of grounded. And it's the mantra be in the world, but not of it. And that really, really helps me because a lot of times we're afraid to go out there and engage because we're just afraid that we're going to get lost in the vi in the lower vibrations out there. Well, it takes some training. That is true. It takes some training to do that. It's much easier to just stay isolated in your forest cabin or something, stay isolated with the birds and the bees and you know, everything's okay. And you not paying attention at all to what's going on outside. That's easier, but it's harder for me to get up, go into society and help change things 
it's harder because I have to be strong in my vibration so that I don't go down this rabbit hole of negativity, right? So when I take my light into the darkness, I don't want my light to, to shut off, right? I got to keep it on. And so it does take a little bit of practice, but I strongly believe that the majority of us that are here on the planet with service missions to help the planet shift into a greater consciousness and to, to help the, the planet do this shadow work, do this collective shadow work. I really do believe that the, that the majority of us are here to have this sort of engaged type of way of doing things and not to be the hermit isolated one. That's, that's a smaller, a smaller, very, very small percentage of people on the planet of mission oriented light workers and spiritually awakened beings. And so at some point you're going to have to assess within you. So start asking these questions because a lot of clients reach me and they're like, I can't go out there. What are you crazy? I can't go out there. And when we start working, they start noticing just how resistant they have been to going back and engaging in the world in this, with this new vibration that they have. Okay. And so when we start working through it, boom, then they're out and they're like, Oh my God, <laughs> I didn't know I was isolating. I didn't know I was bypassing. I didn't know I was, I was kind of doing this isolation thing. I didn't realize that it was out of fear. Okay. So start assessing yourself and ask yourself, am I strong enough to go out in the world now and start engaging more, start helping the collective shadow heal in a more engaged way? Am I strong enough or am I, am I just scared of going out there? Is that why I'm secluding? Is that why I'm isolating? Is it because I'm just scared of, of not having enough strength? Start asking yourself these questions and slowly start practicing. If you feel that this is your path to go out there, if you feel that it's your path to be a hermit your whole life, and that's your whole path here on earth, then, then again, kind of, kind of don't pay attention to what I'm saying because this is not for you. But if you feel like you've sort of isolated yourself and you've stayed there longer than necessary, and you'll know, you will know I did this too. And I, I could feel it in me. Okay. So you'll know. If you feel that, then work, start working through the fears and start going out there and practicing. Okay. The more you start engaging, the more you train your light to hold strong in the face of whatever darkness you're faced with. Now over to you, beautiful soul. I want to hear in the comments below. Let me know which shadow work tip that I discussed in this video. Which one did you resonate with the most? Let me know in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my channel or click here to head over to my website and download my free guided meditations. They're really powerful. And check out this video here on how to do individual shadow work. If you haven't watched it, you're going to want to go there next. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I am out.